All right, we're back with another episode. Uh, as usual, I'll get started off with a little bit of history. On this day in history, on, wait, oh God, on this date in history, in 2010, the King's Speech premiered at Telluride Film Festival. The following year, in 2011, it was nominated for 12 Oscars and won, I believe, I, mean, I think it won more than what I have listed, but I know that Tom Hooper won for Best Director, Colin Firth won for Best Actor, and David Seidler won for Best Original Screenplay. So, yeah. Wow. Kind of did big work at the Oscars that year. Definitely. Definitely. One likes film, the other TV. Together, they chronicle life in the peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's Stream Life Podcast with Brandon and Lauren. This week, we're bringing you um, a fall TV schedule, um, sort of different from our quarterly preview and review. We've got a full slate of what's coming up on television since the pandemic is semi less horrific than it was last TV season. Right, so right. We'll see what shows are upcoming. But first, we'll get into our headlines. Um, and breaking news today, this week, sadly, we have to report that actor Michael K. Williams was found dead in his New York apartment um, at the age of 54. Yeah. Uh, this is, it's it's almost like Chadwick all over again. Um, yeah, it really is. <laughs> uh, Williams is best known for his roles as Omar Little on The Wire um chalky white on boardwalk empire most recently his emmy nominated role as uh, montrose freeman in uh hbo's lovecraft country yeah, he, so. was, man, he he was so just he made acting look like it was something i don't know like breathing to him he was so natural yeah 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 um and just reading you know reports of his sort of his story um he began in the dance world, like choreographing music videos and going on tours with different artists. And that's sort of how he entered um, Hollywood. And his first role was alongside Tupac in 1996. Wow. So yeah, it wasn't until uh, 2002 with The Wire that he got his most prolific role as Omar Little. Um, and he stayed on the HBO series. Like Right, right. yeah, he did. He was always in one. Yeah, so it's it's uh, heart shattering news, um, but condolences to his family, and he will be remembered and, and dearly missed. Right. Um, in other news, Fee Waller Bridge announced that she is departing Amazon's Mr. and Mrs. Smith mm. TV series. Um, this was supposed to be an adaptation of the movie starring Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, where a husband and wife realize they are assassins for rival agencies right, right, right. um she was supposed to star alongside donald glover but i guess she left because of creative differences so that uh, role will be recast as they're still in pre-production um development and finally i had a food for thought article real quick um just an article sort of i think it's from the hollywood reporter that sort of delves into the declining trend of broadcast television right. um th especially with was a variety art article especially with 
younger generations, um, ages 15 to 29, broadcast television and cable TV is becoming a fossil. Um, uh, You have to read the whole article to see, but just by one graphic alone, um, the rank of entertainment sources, top three by age, broadcast television and cable television rank 13 and 12% among 15 to 29 year olds, whereas 60 and over 66% and 6% use that as one of their main um, TV watching entities. So it's going to be interesting what TV looks like or what we're calling it within the next five years or so, if that. It's a, uh, yeah, those those graphs weren't surprising at all. They, uh, I mean, if you spend any time on Twitter, that's kind of what you feel or see. I mean, nobody's talking about broadcast television. It's not really even right a factor. So yeah, no one's on there talking about mom or yeah, <laughs> the season premiere of Survivor or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, nope, not at all. That's all I had. Oh, hold on, let me find mine. Oh, God. Okay, here we are. All right. So first for mine, I have um, some news from the Venice Film Festival. And that is that Dune, the film that is set to premiere on in theaters and on HBO Max on, I believe, the 22nd of October, um, received an eight minute standing ovation during its premiere at the Venice Film Festival. And that's with Zendaya and uh, (coughs) Timothy Chalamet. Oscar Isaac's a whole host of people, and uh, every review I've read so far said that it's just, it's, um, it's just, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it, it does the book justice. It's, mm. there's not too much of it, or it's just, you know, it's good. So that's good to hear because all I've heard about Dune is that the previous iterations on screen have just not been very good. No, they have not. And to be fair to any director that takes the story on. The book is long and there is a lot to cover so mm-hmm. we'll see how this goes but um yeah so <clears throat> eight minute standing ovation which seems like overkill but whatever secondly <laughs> a more film news um at the telluride film festival um spencer the film starring Kristen stewart has also gotten good reviews and that they're saying that this may be the film that wins her an Oscar. And for this, she's portraying um, Princess Diana. And uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of a look into her life. And I think last week we got the trailer mm-hmm. for the first full trailer. And she looks like her. And we didn't hear much of her talking, which I think a lot of people were looking for is how would her accent be? But um, I mean, we know Kristen Stewart can act. So yeah, she got some good press. Yeah, and I, I honestly think this will be sort of, I mean, she's been doing great work, but people still sort of chide her for the Twilight stuff. This would be like a career-defining moment for her, I believe. All right, absolutely. So, and I'm not mistaken, I need to look it up. The guy that did this did Jackie with... Um, I, I believe you're right with... Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> Natalie Portman yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I think he's the same guy that did that so it's something that's in his area of expertise troubled women so yeah 
And then lastly, in some music news, uh, Drake dropped his latest album, I believe his sixth studio album, and he broke his own record for um, most streamed album in a day, which is kind of amazing. But I could also believe it because uh, I woke up like at three o'clock to go to the bathroom and I checked my phone and everything and all his songs were just trending on Twitter at that time. And I was just like, you know what, I'll wake up later and listen to it. And um, so, yeah, it was decent. And, uh, you know, whatever you want to say about Drake, you can't say that he doesn't work hard. Yeah. 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 So. yeah the album it has consumed, you know, yes. the cultural moment right now. So, yeah. yeah. All right. We'll move to box office news. Um, Marvel Shang, Shang-Chi and the Legend Ten Rings hit a Labor Day weekend record. It's expected to haul over 90 million um, across the four-day weekend, which breaks the record of whose film? Oh, I read it earlier. Some, I think it's uh, Rob Zombie's had a record. Oh, oh his, was it, would it be his version of Halloween or? Possibly, because someone made a joke, maybe he can make a film version of the Munsters that will reclaim the record <laughs> or something. Um, yeah, it was his Halloween that had okay. held the record for 30 million domestically. And that was back in September of 2007. Wow. So yeah, I, I, I kind of find it hard to believe that like, that's a record for Labor Day. Yeah, 30 million. I feel like more people, huh. I know, yeah, that is strange. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's great news for Marvel and this addition to the MCU. Um, for that to, to happen also for Asian American representation on right. screen, a definite boost. And again, once again, you know, folks underestimating the film probably would make 35, 45 each day, the, the right. estimates increased. So stop downing people of color. Right. Um, and then in trailer things, we got uh, quite right. a few. You mentioned the Spencer trailer. I, I have yet to see that though oh um did you watch it yeah i watched it so it's pretty good yeah it's it's i mean like i said you don't really get a lot but um you get kind of just a gist of what's going on and you see christian stewart and all these kind of just i don't know it's it's a very ritzy trailer and Mm -hmm. um the outfits are nice, but really she doesn't say much until like the very end of the trailer and I forget what she says. And then that's where you hear her little bit of an accent. And it's like, okay. yeah, but. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to hear her do a British accent. Right, right. Especially surrounded by all British people and right. Sally Hawkins is in it as well. I forgot that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, along with that trailer, we got the first trailer for Mass. This was a Sunday. Yeah film um from Franz let me try to get his name right what's amazing is he starred in um Cabin in the Woods yeah I think I remember you telling me that yeah um wrong mass okay but anyway the film stars uh and Martha um Oh, I forget her last name. Martha uh, Plimpton, Jason Isaacs, yeah. 
Reed, Bernie, and Ann Dowd. Um, and it's from written and directed by Fran Kranz. Yeah. And basically the film uh brings uh two sets of parents together as they discuss the ramifications of a school shooting, which one set family's son was a victim and the others was the perpetrator. Oh wow. Um, it's an a powerful movie on a powerful subject, um, extremely mm. timely. I th- think it's set to come out later this fall. So mm-hmm. hopefully it'll be in most theaters so people right. can see it. I think it's a very important film. Uh, we also got the trailer for No Time to Die, which is finally set to premiere um, October 8th in theaters. This is the final James Bond film from uh, Daniel Craig. Yeah. That's been uh, delayed because of COVID and everything else. Right. And finally, we got a first trailer for a series from Taylor Sheard in that sort of part of the Yellowstone universe on TV. Hmm. Um, This is Mayor of Kingstown, which stars Jeremy Renner um, as a new... I don't know if he's a officer or some type of law enforcement official in Kingston, Michigan, where the highest um, import and economic capital is their prison industrial complex. Wow. Yeah, so it investigates, you know, the money that's deep-rooted in prison, how police react to that, how it affects the town. It it looks amazing. being that I've never watched Yellowstone, I definitely want to start because this series looks incredible. The cast is incredible. Um, it has both Wood Harris and his brother, Stephen Harris. Wow. I think it's the show. No, that's another show. Sorry. <laughs> but but the cast is, is wild. Um, yeah. And this doesn't premiere until November. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know Antoine Fuqua is one of the um, executive producers. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like a movie. It, it looks yeah. looks incredible. So um, I'm excited for that. Okay. We'll wrap trailer things and get into what we watched this week with Streams of the Week. Uh, what were some of the good things you watched this past week? Um, okay, we have one shared, so I guess we'll uh, uh, kind of save that one. But um, what we what we do in the shadows aired this week. Um, the new season started on uh, I want to say the second, so Thursday. And you know, without having watched the first season or the season before, it's hard to explain what's really going on. But the show is just so funny. It has just the strangest humor, and like I said, it's about vampires that come back to modern day and kind of try to just fit in and reclaim who they were back in their time before they took this long slumber or whatever. And it's funny, it's, it's really funny. Um, and then I watched uh, Only Murders in the Building. And this is when, this is on Hulu and this stars uh, Martin Short. Oh gosh, what's his name? Why is, it, why is his name escaping me? Right? Steve Martin mm-hmm. and uh, Selena Gomez, and they are tenants in this old building in New York, and the all three of them are true crime junkies, and 
um, a dead body kind of appears in their building and they try to piece things together and they put out three episodes at once. And I'm not sure the fourth episode has become available for watching. So I don't know when they are actually, when they update and maybe today, maybe tomorrow. No, I'll have to check. But um, oddly enough, man, the, uh, they work to, they work. Like it's weird. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of lighthearted. It's fun. It's easy to watch. It's just 30 minutes, but it's the strangest three people. I think you could probably put together. I mean, mainly because of Selena Gomez, but the dynamic works. These two older men from a different generation and this young woman from another generation. And yeah, so it's good. I like it. Okay, cool, cool. Um, let's see. I saw Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings this past Thursday, and it's one of the MCU's best films. Um, like to start phase four, it, it really stands out as a sort of different origin story because usually in the past films, when they introduce a character, many people are already familiar with that material. So they're definitely judging, you know, the director's actions or whatever, um, or the story choices. This film sort of surprises you at each corner. Yeah. Um, it stars uh, Simu Liu, which we know from King's Convenience is great. Uh, Aquafina is great. Uh, Tony Leung, Leung plays the villain, and they do a wonderful job with his story. Um, also stars Michelle Yao as well. Um, it, it is a it's a good film. I would definitely see it again in theaters. It's it's that good. So um, another win for Marvel and the whole MCU here. Uh, speaking of Marvel, <laughs> uh, episode four of What If this past Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, centered on Doctor Strange. Um, what if he lost his hand? What if, he, how was it? What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And it basically explores what if uh, Stephen Strange um, had a passenger in the car wreck and that passenger died and that's mm -hmm. what made him Doctor Strange. How would that change his trajectory? So it was one of the darkest, more emotional episodes of yeah. the series. I bet, Jesus. Yeah, it was it was really good. And I if if this is the inkling of what we'll get in Multiverse of Madness next yeah. year, um, the MCU is definitely going to be uh, invoking more of their a darker tone, which which Marvel gets sort of like a bad rap for. Like everything's a little lighter. The good guys always win you know, type of fear. Yeah. Um, I think they could definitely embrace sort of a darker tone with this storyline. So it's going to be interesting. All right. And then we both watched um, Netflix's animated series, Q-Force, starring yes. Sean Hayes, Wanda Sykes, Matt Rogers, Gary Cole, Patty Harrison, and, oh, the other name was uh, David Harbour. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was a series uh, where um, a group of agents for a, a random government uh, agency, spy agency, all queer, get to finally embark on missions as the Q-Force, you know, despite discrimination and sub subordination to prove themselves to be quality spies. Um, it, it's really, I, I actually enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, I... I knew nothing about it before we started watching it. And then once we watched it, I was like, 
okay, yeah, no, this is funny. And uh, I, it was really good. I think you have to, you have to really pay attention because the jokes come quickly. Yeah, yeah. But that's my type of comedy. I love like that Spitfire type of right, right. wit. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up finishing all 10 episodes this weekend and I hope it gets renewed. You know, yeah. it'd be nice. Um, but it was it was really good. I, I appreciate it because not only was it funny, but the I guess you say dramatic points were actually strong. Yeah, yeah. And it should even though it's animated, it is quite graphic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not for the kiddies. <laughs> no, but no, it was funny. Yeah, it was really funny. funny. All right. Um we will re- we'll be right back after a short break with our NLT and feature presentation. Welcome back to our NLT segment. We're discussing the TV series we're following week by week. We had new episodes of Reservation Dogs, Evil, and American Horror Story this week. Um, any in particular you want to discuss first or? Um, well, since you're probably the one that saw Evil, you can go ahead and knock that out. Then we'll get into the other two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so without spoiling much, um, we missed last week's episode. So two episodes of Evil have come out since its return on August 29th. Um, we had S for Silence, where we had our three um, characters, Kristen, David, and Ben, uh, attend a monastery to sort of solve uh, another mystery, um, but they were vowed to silence the entire time they're there. So anytime they speak, they have to leave the monastery grounds, and they only do that twice throughout the show. So oh, wow. the entire episode is in silence. They communicate via like remember those etch and sketch boards? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> draw on the gray part and then pull it up yeah. in races. That's how the monks communicate. So that's how they. <laughs> They communicate the whole time. And then, of course, like different looks and stuff like that. So it was a very strong written episode, given the limit of actual speaking parts that each character had. And then this week's B is for Brain um, was another brilliant episode. Um, uh, Andy uh, Bouchard, Kristen's husband, returns from his hiking expedition, whatever, yeah. And that sort of brings discourse to the home as he can tell that Kristen has changed. Um, and another part of their life, the three, our three investigators investigate a device that the Vatican wants to explore use of to see if it um, creates sort of Christian experiences or spiritual experiences with its subjects. It's like a brain reader device, like reads mm. neurological waves and a lot of past subjects say when they wore it they experienced like um either waves of god or they experienced sudden grief or hell so each oh. three of them you know try it on and the visions are are incredible we learn more about ben's past um and then with David and Kristen, they do some some wild things. And then we get some developments with Leland and um, the nun, which are pretty interesting. So yeah, it's another great, great episode. We have uh, 13 episodes total this season, so. Cool, cool. 
All right, we'll get you Reservation Dogs with episode five and c- congrats to them for getting renewed for a second season. Yeah, I saw that. I was happy for that because, yeah, yeah. So, this is the show is, I don't know. I hope a lot of people are watching it, which they must be if it's getting renewed, but it, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving, I love that for them. Um, this episode is entitled Come and Get Your Love and it's directed by Black Horse Low and it features um, Cheese and, um, what they don't call them police and they call them like a the oh it's a a light man or something like that yeah light man uh big yeah um basically cheese is going on a ride ride along with big because he wants to be has aspirations to be a detective which he reiterates that big is not Um, and they sort of go on the route to see what Big does. And basically the episode explores how, despite, you know, the sort of nominal um, cases or jobs beat that Biggs has, he represents a big part of the community. Right, um, right. And sort of becomes like a mentor uh, to Cheese. Um, the episode also sort of navigates a sort of, native urban legend um called the deer lady yeah which i i had to look up because you know i had no knowledge of this before but basically it's the a legend of a a woman who usually appears as a deer who is known to sort of um lure a suspicious or nefarious men um to their demise basically yeah yeah and that's what she does (laughs) in this episode and we see that she's um sort of had a big big motivation she was a big motivation motivating piece to big exploring you know becoming uh an officer um so what did you think of come and get your love no i thought it was good and i like how we're getting these little uh little one episode stories of each character kind of learning more about their backgrounds i think that's good um but uh, yeah, I like how, now see, I watched, oh God, when this comes out, this is, this is confusing. I will have watched this sixth episode too. And I oh, won't okay. give that away because we're gonna talk about that later, but it does the same thing. And, but there's another like folklore type thing in there. And I like that. I like how we keep learning these different things. And, um, you know, it, it kind of shows you that even though cultures are different, we all have these things in common because mm-hmm. i'm sure if you went back and you probably don't have to go too far back in like african-american history to find similar stories or folklore like what we have you know and compare it to you know asian communities and native american and you know south american wherever but yeah, yeah. I, I like that yeah definitely um so yeah he goes on this ride along um and kudos to the song title well the episode title come get your love which is uh the most known song of the native band redbone yeah uh, which i did not know they were native until literally last year or this yeah. year like yeah i posted on twitter i was like oh i did not know i knew i knew this song by heart i did not know until this episode literally yeah because yeah. that song's been covered and oh yeah everything and it was a big hit for a native group back in the 70s i believe um, and it's one of uh, Big's favorite songs, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, this episode follows Big investigating um, stolen copper, um, 
all these copper, I guess, figurines are popping up around the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and it winds up being one of his old buddies, a homeless uh, gentleman, <coughs> excuse me, who's basically using them as to ward off um, evil spirits. And he's right. basically saying, you know, it's it's part of our culture, part of our, our past, a traditional usage. And again, it, it's showing how the traditional can be maintained within the new uh, right. era. I really, really like that exploration of it. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a really good episode. Yeah, it's, they've all been good. The writing's good. The yeah, you kind of they found they found a good balance between like the touching and emotional side and just like the uh, the humor. Mm -hmm. so. And and the point really made home is like, you know, big was promised to never be visited by the dear lady as long as he remained a good guy. Right, right. And, right. you know, became an officer because he goes after bad guys and he told Cheech, you know, Bucky, he's a good one. So right. it just goes to show like, not every criminal or just because you commit a crime doesn't mean you're bad. A bad person, right? Yeah. And I wish that would, was shared more often, but yeah, it was definitely a, another decent episode um in the season and then um over at american horror story double feature we had episode three with thirst and i have to say i'm really enjoying where this is going yeah it's it's different it's i won't say it's back on like season one status but it's it's good the story is actually very um gripping you want to see where it's going right right i think ryan is benefiting from like these tiny novellas rather than right I season agree. long yeah stories um so in thirst um basically i remember their names after watching this episode harry the father screenwriter yeah. has acknowledged learns that his daughter alma 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 yeah has taken the pill and she has the same thirst for blood as he does. So he's trying to manage it, manage her. He says he'll feed her as long as she, you know, remains inside. Right. Um, his agent played by, oh, excuse me, the woman whose name I always forget. Oh, yeah. Les, Leslie Grossman. Yes, that's it. She has come to town to witness, you know, his his grand awakening creative creatively, and um, it's interesting how they um, do parallels between literal blood sucking and the blood sucking of Hollywood execs because yeah, she she's not scared at all of the threats that are around her. Um, no. And she quickly figures out the scheme that these pills are created by someone called the chemist, who's played by Angelica Ross. We meet her. Right. Um, and she wants to offer her a fortune for the pills so she can dole them out to Hollywood and make money off of these people's demise eventually. Yeah. Um, and because of that, the chemist who works for Evan Peters and Francis Conroy's characters she basically says, I'm not out here trying to build an enterprise. I don't like strangers. 
and they surmise that the agent has to die, Harry, Alma, and the wife have to die. Yeah. Everybody's got to go. Yes, yeah. they got to go. They're messing up the plan. Uh, what were your your thoughts on this episode? Uh, I really liked it. Um, like like kind of like you said to start off the the story is is better and you want to see where it goes um we kind of lily rape's character's kind of been pushed to the side so right now we're just in this world where it's strictly these vampire creatures and um like it's just like ruthless there's nobody with any kind of common sense is it does that make sense it's just kind of like yeah yeah they're acting whatever nobody's stopping finn's character harry from doing what he wants to do or whatever and his daughter is acting out so it's um it's interesting and then oh god there's that whole scene with the where he went over to that woman's house yes that threw me <laughs> for a loop i was like first of all what it was almost right. like that classic ryan what the fuck are you doing type right exactly that's exactly um, what it was and then it sort of circled back because i thought I initially thought, you know, he's got another victim and then he became the victim. victim. Yeah, it was, there was a lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on there. Um, then we also got the scene with Macaulay Culkin and his victim, which yeah. we can see that he's not a trained killer. He's very uh, sloppy. Yeah, it's very sloppy because he almost got got twice <laughs> within the right. same attack. Um. But yeah, I um, also observed, found it quite funny that, not funny, but I was thinking in my head and then with Angelica Ross character coming forth, I was like, oh yes, these mediocre white people who ascend to greatness only have it because of a black person. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> like this pill that unlocks their greatness, their iconic creativity is developed by a Black trans woman, and right. thus you have America. Right. Um, yeah, but the episode ended on a startling cliffhanger. Um, Alma, how, what exactly happened? Oh, okay, Adina Porter's character, the officer, is sort of finally becoming aware that something's wrong in her city right. um, with all the murders. And she goes to the, the Her Harry's home and Alma's there. By the way, the wife is has been uh, put on bed rest in the hospital because she right. was having uh, contractions brought by stress, which is explanatory. Um, but the officer comes to the house to find Harry because she believes he's responsible for the murders and Alma is thirsty and she kills the officer. Right. So that's how the episode ended. It was a very strong episode, I have to say. Yeah, no, it was good. It was really good. <clears throat> so I believe we'll have two more episodes within this story and then it will go to whatever the other one's about, which looks very alien alien yeah that alien. one looks like it takes place out in the desert so <coughs> be getting some area 51 type storyline so we'll see yeah i hope it's as good well as long as this as long as red tide finishes strong i hope the next right yeah half i agree is good yeah 
We'll now get into our feature presentation. Um, this Labor Day weekend, we are going to dive into the fall TV schedule. As we mentioned before, with the pandemic sort of being manageable by Hollywood and entertainment industry now, um, we have some potent new series coming up, both on broadcast and streaming. So basically, instead of going through all, all shows coming up, uh, we were going to look through a list provided by Deadline.com just to see which shows um, pique our interest in the fall schedule. Um, we can pick three or more from broadcasting and then at least five from the streaming network since that seems to be the primary um, wealth of sh shows nowadays. Yeah. And we can start with the broadcast. Um, actually, you know, the big four have some shows that I'm really interested in this fall. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'll go first. Um, Let's see, it doesn't come up until a while, but later this fall, a new series on NBC called Ordinary Joe. Oh. This stars uh, James Walk, who you'll remember from the canceled show Zoo. Um, he played the senator in Watchmen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Um, he plays a character named Joe, and the series explores three different timelines of his life that splinter off from one uh decision he makes so um if he decides to marry his best friend he becomes a doctor and another timeline if he decides to go on a date with this random girl after graduation he follows his passion to become the next billy joel and then if he decides to stay home and follow his father's footsteps, he becomes an NYPD officer. So those are the three timelines we're kind of exploring in the series. It, it seems pretty ambitious. Yeah, it does. But um, I like I like the actor and I'm interested to see where where it goes and how it's how it's handled. So that okay. uh, premieres September 20th. Um, and then, of course, on the same network, New Amsterdam will return, one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Um, uh, Fox has Our Kind of People that debuts the 21st. Um, this is supposed to be a series starring Yaya Da Costa. It's giving, like, Black Revenge that used to be on ABC. Okay. So she plays a single mother who... Uh, comes to an elite Black community in Martha's Vineyard, and she wants to sort of establish a new business there, but, you know, there's forces that don't want the outsider in, right. um, but she has a secret about her past that links her to, to this new community, so um, it looks interesting, yeah. and that's on Fox on the 21st. And I think the final broadcast series I'm interested in is uh, the Wonder Years reboot on ABC, which premieres September 22nd. And we all know the Wonder Years from the 80s that followed um, Fred Savage's family in the 60s. Yeah. Um, this series will follow a Black family in Montgomery, Alabama during the 60s with Don Cheadle narrating as the adult. So... Um, uh, stars Dulé Hill as the father and some new faces 
Um, so it's being executive produced by Savage and written by Saladin Patterson. So um, it, it looks pretty good. A half hour comedy. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. I didn't find too many things on podcasts <coughs> that I really wanted to watch or see, but there are some things that are coming back that I always watch. So um, random, but one of the first ones uh, is on the 13th. <laughs> And it's the Price Is Right, and this is the fiftieth <laughs> season of that. And I know, like, oh, oh wow. Price Is Right, right. But like, I was obsessed with the show as a kid, and um, I used to watch it with my grandmother all the time. And it's just, it's just nuts that um, I, it'll probably be on past my lifetime. But it's good. I, I really enjoy it all the time. It's kind of nostalgic. So there's that, and that is the thirteenth of September. Um, hold on, oh man, I just saw it. Moving later in the month, um, of course you have, I always talk about it, but Bob's Burgers comes back for its 12th season, which, you know, 12 seasons is very good for, whatchamacallit, mm-hmm. um, an animated series. So um, I think what I like that is like, it, it's it's funny, but it's different than like a family guy. It's not yeah. that type of humor. It's it's just, I don't know. I feel like your kids could watch <laughs> it, but there's 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 still some, like oh okay, maybe maybe stay out of this scene, but right. Yeah. But it's not like that crude like. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Crude. Um. Oh, let's see what else. I just saw it. Well, it already premiered, and I need to watch it. Um, but on PBS, there's a show called Guilt, and this is I'm not sure if it's part of their masterpiece series or not, but it uh it is a show about if I'm not mistaken, a father and his son, and uh, or maybe they're just partners. I can't remember, but they end up having to kind of, no, they're brothers. They're brothers, my bad. They have a hit and run happens, and this series just kind of follows them as they try to cover it up, and um, it's kind of like a humor type thing and kind of a dark comedy thing that's going on there, but um what happens is after they kill this person, the victim's niece comes into their life. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the person's been killed and then she falls in love with the guy that killed him, but she doesn't know is the thing. So, um, yeah, but that started the fifth. And so I need to go back and watch that, but, but yeah, that's, so that's that. Alrighty, and then uh, of course streaming has a lot more because yes, that's where TV reigns. Um, <clears throat> starting pretty early, I believe. Why don't I have the new calendar up? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's tonight. No, it's not. Next week. Um, HBO Scenes from a Marriage premieres. Yeah, yeah. On the twelfth. This is the remake of a miniseries that will star Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain as a couple that go through marriage and divorce mm-hmm. and just what that looks like. I didn't realize this was originally set for Michelle Williams. Yeah, and then she backed out, so. That's interesting. Um, and then the next day, the 13th, we have Why the Last Man, effects yeah. uh, on Hulu. I'm really excited for that series um the 22nd star wars visions premieres 
And this is the uh, anthology series that sees um, nine anime studios create stories within the Star Wars lore. Um, the trailer was mind boggling. So yeah, that, yeah, that should be a, a great hit for Disney Plus. Uh, September 24th, Apple premieres Foundation, um, a sci-fi fantasy series um, that looks incredible. And then um, I guess I'll jump to November. I mean, their show's in October, but nothing very... Yeah, nothing really, like, wowing. Yeah, some some returns on broadcast and stuff like that, but nothing highly anticipated. But November 14th, Mayor of Kingstown, that's what I've got highlighted as a must-see. So, and that's on Paramount Plus. All right. Um, well, I've got let's see. Okay. Um, so it's not streaming, but it's it is just on television. But American Crime Story starts the ninth, and that's the impeachment. Right. And that is the one about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, that scandal. Uh, there's the two that you said, oh, Jesus, the scenes from a marriage and why the last man had those on October 10th, which is a great day. <laughs> uh, uh, McCall comes back and I meant to say this earlier, but the Legends of the Hidden Temple, the remake. Yes. And this is on the CW and I, I hope I hope it's good. Um, but I just want to see now from what we heard all that time ago, they're keeping the original team names and the premise has been changed. And I think the temple guards are still there and everything, but I don't know if Kurt Fogg is, is, is involved with it, the original host. So I would hope so because yeah. since we're the target audience, like, right, right. Just don't throw somebody weird in there. Yeah. I would hope he'd be at least exact producer or something, but I don't know. And then the last two, um, Chucky starts on sci-fi. It, it's mm -hmm. a series, which makes no sense. That starts October the 12th. <laughs> and then one I've really, really been waiting for, and it's on Netflix. And I'm not sure if you watched the original on Adult Swim, but it's November 19th, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it, but I'm interested in this live action. Yeah. So now you can watch the original all the seasons on i want to say hulu okay. i'm pretty sure it's hulu that I, I have it in my watch list and oh man it was cool it was it was such a cool show the music was good the characters so um I, yeah I'm, I'm interested in this um they put out some cast photos i want to say last week it was it was our, in late august that we got some uh like like the first look of it mm. but um yeah, for those that don't know, it's a Japanese Japanese anime. Uh, kind of involves like a detective who goes around the seedier parts of town and handles his business. He's a bounty hunter, I believe, but um, it's good. It's good. It's it's really cool. So I'm excited for that, and you know, just crossing my fingers that it goes over well. Yeah, yeah. I I've always heard about it, but never watched it but i'll definitely try to get it in before the live action just to see the comparisons yeah yeah it's once you i want to it was definitely 30 minutes they wouldn't have made an hour-long cartoon so yeah <laughs> you, you can knock out a lot of episodes quickly 
Yeah, and Netflix is definitely expanding their anime. I saw recently that they've written the first episode for the One Piece live ad- adaptation. So okay, which I've never watched, but yeah. I know that's a big one with people. <laughs> right, right. All righty, uh, what are you streaming for the weekend? Um, like I said earlier, I am going to watch Guilt, which uh, premiered on. Uh, premiered yesterday on PBS so I'm gonna go back and and watch that and uh, other than that not too much all righty um for me again I'm trying to finish season one of Wu-Tang although season two starts this week I'll I'll, I just gotta get it done um (laughs) I'm going to check out Netflix clickbait because this seems to be like the new not Tiger King but it's it's the new phenomenon on Twitter. Um, yeah, people can't stop talking about it. Impeachment, American Crime Story on Wednesday, of course. Right, I want to check that out. And then the Rick James documentary uh, premiered last two last Friday, I believe. I totally missed wow. this, but this is the Showtime documentary entitled "Bitchin: The Sound and Fury of Rick James." I didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. Um, it premiered at one of the festivals earlier this year, and it came to Showtime um, for everyone. But it's supposed to be a pretty solid exploration of his life and sort of the complicated, his complicated legacy. Because as yeah, yeah. much as he was a really a musical genius, when you think about the scale of his craft like he just wasn't yeah. you know a front man he he wrote he produced he discovered Tina Marie he reinvigorated the temptations in the 80s like he he was on par with like the Prince and Michaels of funk right. he also was tragically uh pummeled by demons substance right. uh, misuse alcoholism you know abuse on women um so yeah it, it's, it will be an interesting watch what's crazy about him is that there's a whole generation of people that know him only because of dave Chappelle. exactly and that yeah. which you yeah. know kind of kind of is was sort of like an honest truth about his life like right, right. from his life but yeah, this will be a, a, a point for everyone to sort of get more of him, just not, you know, that comedic side, but the real, right. real person. Thank you for listening to a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe, share, and review on your platform of choice. And if you want more, follow us on social at AS Life Podcast and visit our website, streamoflife.wordpress.com. Um, next week, we'll probably be up to discuss uh, the latest American crime story, which has gotten mixed reviews so far. So we'll have our word next week. Mm-hmm. Until then, keep streaming. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life, a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get streamable live.